Welcome to Yes Mother, a podcast where we cover the A&E show Bates Motel. Tonight we will be covering Season 4, Episode 8, Unfaithful. I'm Sue. I'm Em. good episode it was it was it stuff happened Mm. (laughs) (laughs) so did you see that we got two new itunes reviews i did thank you so much (laughs) two people heeded our call thank you It's nice not to have a bad review be our last review. Yeah. Now I feel better. Everyone can relax. You can leave a review if you want. But... The scales are balanced once again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I have them up. Do you want me to read them? Yeah, go ahead. I do not. Okay. Um, The first one is from Once Upon a Timer... And then a bunch of numbers. Um, And they call it Perfect Podcast Family. And it's five stars. And they say, hey, Sue and M, I just want to start off by saying ignore the haters. (laughs) Because they obviously don't realize the fun of this podcast. I'm 17 and stumbled upon this podcast while on a desperate high to find a podcast that discussed my favorite show, Bates Motel. At around 11 p.m., I found yours and began listening to your latest feedback ep on Season 4, Episode 4. I was so amused and entertained by y'all's casual conversation and giggling that I went back, listened to your previous Bates podcast of Season 4. I really like that you guys go in-depth of the episode and, unlike the After Buzz podcast, seem to craft realistic theories for the rest of the season. This pos- podcast has literally been what I wait for every week other than a new Bates episode, LOL. I love you and can't wait to keep listening to more reviews and giggling. Until next time, peace out and happy stay at the Bates Hotel. Cameron. Well, thank thanks, you. Thanks, Cameron. That's my husband's name. Yeah. Glad you found us. Yeah. Yeah, really glad. And thanks for taking the time to leave us a review. We appreciate it. Very much. Um, The other one... Is from I Love Leah Michelle, and it's titled Who's Rachel? (laughs) 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 And they say, after listening to After Buzz's Bates Motel podcast, where they can't even keep the names of the characters straight, like calling Rebecca Rachel for an entire show, this podcast has been amazing. The time you two take on going through all of the reviews and doing an amazing recap of the episode is what makes this podcast so special. The The giggling always makes me laugh. I love it. This show is absolutely fantastic, and I'm always so excited to hear what others that feel the same way have to say about it, too. 
Thank you for putting this together for us every week. And don't worry about a bad review. They're probably the same people that write Yelp reviews about McDonald's and other fast food chains. <laughs> <laughs> you girls are awesome. Great show, Mallory. <laughs> well, thanks, Mallory. Mallory is my second favorite name, and that's what I wanted to name Eleanor. But Rob I remember was not that. On board. Yeah. He knew a Mallory growing up and didn't like her. <laughs> I always loved the name Mallory because of family ties. I know, totally. Justine Bateman was just adorable, and I was the perfect age for that show. Uh, and her style and stuff, I loved her. Yeah, I just always loved the name. It's I a wanted great... a Scout and a Mallory. And I got a Scout. And an Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks, Cameron and Mallory. And I just yeah. think it's funny that they both <laughs> mentioned the After Buzz. I know, we didn't mean for you guys to, um, to bash the After Buzz show. It's perfectly cromulent in its own way. It <laughs> <laughs> <And> embiggens. <laughs> All the other after buzz. <laughs> but no, that's great. Thanks, guys. Oh, yeah, we really we get a kick out of the bad reviews because we do. I've said it before: constructive criticism, people. Constructive. <laughs> <laughs> What do we have, like, three bad reviews that are, like, really giggle-worthy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our favorite has always been Mikey's. Yes. All right. Well, I I feel like our listeners are smart. We get the smart listeners. That's kind of what I think, you know. And you can tell by the feedback. Yep. We got the thinkers. Yep, the thinkers. All right should move on to feedback. Sure. Do you want me to start? Go ahead. All right. Our first one is from Julia. And hers is three, four, run out the door. <laughs> Julia! <laughs> You're creeping me out. <laughs> but she says, well, it's no surprise that Freddie Highmore kills it at writing. He is seriously a brilliant human being, incredibly talented. Anyway, this episode really kicked things into full psycho gear. Here are some random thoughts on this episode. Norman hates the TV. At least I agree with him on something. <laughs> <laughs> I loved his disdain for the spaghetti westerns. <laughs> <laughs> what, you're into spaghetti westerns now? <laughs> um... Norma's response to Norman wanting to sleep in the same bed as well have been, sure, sweetie, get your sweet little psycho face over here and spoon mama. <laughs> Stop it, Norma. What are you doing, woman? <laughs> I didn't get that <laughs> vibe from her. <laughs> that she wanted him to? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get that she was too happy about it. She kind of made a gh noise. <laughs> <laughs> um, your next one is I'm really really happy you're back says with a look of pure terror <laughs> <laughs> and 
Norm has called a Romero from the bathroom was like a teenage girl hiding from her dad and planning to sneak out with her bad boy biker boyfriend her dad hates. <laughs> yes, it was. Totally. <laughs> Whispering. Closing the door. Um, Norma makes a lot of jokes about how she's going to die. Stop it, Norma. <laughs> she does. <laughs> Norman's super gay scarf and homeless man gloves were amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Wasn't it Norma with the homeless man gloves? Was it Norman? I think he did, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and the old man hat. You forgot. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the old, like, sailor. <laughs> Toque. <laughs> it was totally a toque. <laughs> she says, brilliant, Rebecca. Great plan. Take $3 million out of a safety deposit box belonging to a, de- a deceased drug pin, drug kingpin whose death is being investigated by the freaky DA and blow down with absolutely zero warning or explanation. No one will suspect a thing. You're a genius. Really. <laughs> yeah. Flying... Why would you fly? <laughs> I don't know. Get in your car, you dummy. <laughs> She's an idiot. <laughs> as soon as I saw her in the airport, I was like, ah, oh, she's on like the no-fly list. <laughs> yeah, that storyline's going to give me an ulcer before it's done. <laughs> totally. Yeah, well. Yeah, let's got some about... stuff to discuss. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> um Geez, Norman was such a creepy little, to quote Norma, twit this episode. <laughs> Fun fact, a twit is actually a pregnant goldfish. Norman, you creepy little pregnant goldfish, you. <laughs> I didn't know that. Is it only a goldfish? Like the species goldfish? I, I guess so. That is that is very specific that they have their own little name. <laughs> like there a... are millions of kinds of fish. It's funny, that's where twit comes from. Because bitch comes from dogs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Good to know, though. That's That will be a fact I will remember the rest of my life. Indeed. Um, one of those Cliff Clavin facts. <laughs> <laughs> um... Norman, are you sleeping with him? <laughs> Norma sips coffee, looks away. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> now Norman understands Bradley's reaction to finding out she'd been replaced by exercise equipment. <laughs> I know, totally. <laughs> he was so mad. <laughs> you turned my room into a sewing room. <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking of Bradley, what the bip is up with that storyline? And where's Audrey? <laughs> I don't know. There's only two episodes. I know. <laughs> and there's all this DEA stuff now. I know. What <laughs> is going to happen? I don't How know. How are going to do this? I don't know. Because there's also Caleb coming back. There's Chick still. There's a lot still out there. <laughs> I can't imagine they let both bodies lie. It's possible they let Bradley go for a season? Yeah, I but guess so. Emma's mom, I can't imagine. That'd be weird. No way. I I think Dylan looking at that stuffed rabbit. Yeah. 
that's that's a little foreshadowing. Yeah, besides that, I would say that he's just going to, like, la-la land himself to Seattle and be like, screw my family. Yeah. Screw that whole thing. Yeah. But yeah. that little look at the doll, or bunny, was like, mm, nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Bradley may be a next season thing. Which is surprising. I mean. Yeah. Since that was the big kill last season, I would have thought for sure that would have been a big... We both did. So. Anyway. um, Her next bullet point is, it's a Christmas miracle. Don't say stuff like that, Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) What? Trying to, I remember him saying it, and they were in the Bates home. Is it when? Is it when Emma and he walks in on Emma and Dorm, Norman talking? Yeah, because Norman stands up and he's like Dylan, and he hugs him, and he's like, "We're all together as a family and going to get a tree, and it's wonderful." And <laughs> like, yeah, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Which is one of our favorite sayings here at the Rideman House at Christmas time. Everything's a Christmas miracle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're more into everything is magical, except Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> except Eleanor. <laughs> That's our favorite one. <laughs> um, way to turn a classic feel-good Christmas carols into creepy-ass background music, Bates Motel. <laughs> A long-standing tradition of creepy shows. Mm-hmm. Um, all the scenes at the tree lot were amazing. Norma mocking Norman was one of the best things I've ever witnessed on television. <laughs> oh, man, I loved it. <laughs> uh, Freddie Imore wrote that. Good job, dude. Yep. Yep. Way to... Way to give Vera some awesome things to do. Yes. That was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I knew the idea of Norma and Romero made Norman quote-unquote sick, but I didn't think he would actually throw up, LOL. (laughs) 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 It's the people. It's the people. It's the people. It's the freaking people. (laughs) Breathe, Julia, breathe. (laughs) I know. I was so... So excited to see the people. So excited. And see, like, the the origin of the people. Yes, and that's not any old people. That's Harold's that's, people. That, yes, that is Harold's <laughs> room, everybody. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Marion Crane's people, too. Yes, that was awesome. Um... Our next one is Romero's arms. <laughs> Carbonell's been working out. <laughs> I. When did we see? It? Oh, when the when Norm is looking through the people. Yeah. Oh. I didn't even notice. Fairly uh, bulgy. I noticed. Oh. I think I was all about. Wow, he's looking through the people. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> this is really creepy. <laughs> yes. Um, she says dinner was amazing and hilarious and terrifying and heartbreaking yep yeah I liked dinner I did too um 
When Alex told Norman to call him by his first name, I thought he was going to tell him to refer him as dad. And then thanks to you guys, I thought of Chet. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and the rest of the scenes with Romero were ruined. Also, thanks to you guys, I watched Psycho 4 again. It was my third time. Gosh, that's a terrible movie. <laughs> You're welcome again. <laughs> you are welcome. And we're jealous. And it's terribly awesome. Indeed. <laughs> yes, we are jealous. <laughs> um, she has, shut up, Romero. Stop talking, damn it. Is this uh, out with the axe? Probably, yeah. Or, no, probably at the dinner table. I mean, that was some pretty lame chit-chat that Romero was, so tell me about running the motel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Romero doesn't have all the facts. No, he doesn't. He thinks he's talking to a normal, insane stepson. <laughs> yeah. Well, plus he had just had a pretty weird encounter with Norman, like, the day before in his office. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I think he was just like stumbling for something to say. <laughs> That's like all I could think of. Yeah, it, those scenes, he there was just a, a little hint of Chet in them. <laughs> <laughs> so normie. <laughs> Tell me about the hotel. <laughs> totally. There was some there was some Chet Chet hints. <laughs> no one is Chet except for Chet. But <laughs> There's a little Chet in everyone, <laughs> in every stepfather. <laughs> um, and then she's got, I'll go talk to him. Jeez, I thought Alex was smart. I was mistaken. Again, he doesn't have all the facts. He doesn't, and he's also like the sheriff. I mean, yes, he's got like that mindset. Like I can defuse this situation, you know. Yes, and he's kind of protecting Norma a little bit. Also, he's trying to be the protector. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she ends with "Thank you for the only decent Bates podcast on the World Wide Web." <laughs> I'm so excited to hear what everyone thought about this episode. Till next week, Julia in the Razor Clam Room. Thanks, Julia. Thanks, Julia. All right. We have Daniel's comment card next. He says, Hey, Sue and M, remember how you said that Normero fans should maybe all have just stopped watching two episodes ago and then they could imagine a happy ending? Well, part of me thinks that maybe I should have stopped after the last episode. I could imagine that Norma brought Norman home. She ended her silly fleeing with the sheriff. And she and her son went right back to the wonderfully dysfunctional way that they were before and lived happily ever after. Of course I won't. But this show is so hard to watch now and it feels like all the things I loved in it are fast disintegrating. Oh, I feel for you. I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this episode is Daniel's shush episode yes. part one. <laughs> yes. Wait, his first shush episode. Yep. Um, it, it, it's really hard. When your ship fails, mm -hmm. when you have something invested in a ship and it disintegrates, it's tough. 
but the show remains good. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. Um, on the lighter side, I don't know why Norman wearing that stupid hat bothered me so much, but every second of screen time it was on, I just wanted it off. <laughs> it just felt too modern and clashed with the classical aesthetic we usually see in the Bates house. Modern? That was a grandpa hat. Yeah, it seemed like a like an old sailor's toque. <laughs> yeah, or at least like 70s toque Yeah. Know? It didn't seem modern at all to me. Modern are the like really huggy ones without the <laughs> the little balls at the top. that's how I felt about it that was a really nice moment between Emma and Norman and it felt like such a breath of fresh air amidst all this I know it's because I have to watch this week by week now but it just feels like it's been so long since they interacted this seemed like it was laying their story and time together to rest remember when they were amateur sleuthing local town mysteries together yes I miss that too I do too it's pretty amazing how much the show has evolved and the way all the central characters feel like they've really grown and changed. Not always for the better. Yeah, I loved their little talk. I really missed. Mm-hmm. Ever since they tried to date, I've missed their relationship. <laughs> yeah, no, they had a really cute friendship for a long time. Yeah. So it was nice to see him together and... Um, In a way, I think Norma's awkwardness with Norman, now that she's married to Romero, proves a point. She's treating Norman, her son, like one might treat an ex-boyfriend or husband who is still around after one has moved moved on to a new partner. There's no reason for her to suddenly feel awkward with Norman lying in bed with her, like he has so many times before as an adult, if he were ever just her son. I don't think anyone thinks he was ever just her son. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Um, but he's not and hasn't been for a long time but with her becoming so close and intimate with Romero it now clearly feels different to her to fall back on her old routine with Norman the alternative is to think that Norman is so shallow and self-absorbed that now she's gotten with a man she likes she doesn't love her own son who was there first anymore and feels like he's in the way of her new life and we don't and sorry And we know that's not true because of how much she sacrificed for him and how hard she's fought. There wouldn't normally be an issue. Norma would have the normal boundaries a parent has with an adult child and a wife has with her new husband. But no matter how abnormal, Norman was that person for her just as much as she was for him. And I loved them being like that so much. It It may be just a television show, but it still hurts to see it change like this. I think describing them as ex-partners on both sides was is very accurate. <laughs> I think so, too. The way they were talking to each other and acting. Yeah. And that doesn't surprise me, given the show and their relationship. The codependent. Yeah. yeah, and it just... She has changed. She's in love with Romero, and... With the other men in her life, Norman was probably a comfort when he came and laid in her bed with her. But now right. she she wants it to be Romero, <laughs> you know. Right, and she, you know, that scene they had in the basement where she's like, 
growing's hard. It's hard for me too. But can you just try it, you know? Mm-hmm. She is finally in a situation where she can have a normal relationship and grow. And she's grown, but Norman is... Um, he should be growing because he's, you know, seeing a therapist and trying to get better, but he's not. He's digressing. <laughs> yeah, I think trying to get better is off the table. <laughs> yeah, that flew away when I found out she was married. <laughs> Bye. But, yeah, no, I can, I can see why Daniel's sad about it because it's. It, yeah. And oh, was, yeah. You know, I'm not a Norma and Norman shipper, but I always thought they were so cute together, and it was just so weird them sleeping in the same bed. But it was this did seem very awkward and uncomfortable. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I don't ship them, it's it's sad to see it happen. Mm-hmm. But I also. You know, on the other hand, I really love seeing Norma grow. Mm-hmm. But she handled it badly, and we can get into it, but I was disappointed in the way she handled Norman. I didn't think it was fair, but she's a child. Yeah. But, yeah, she... I thought she could have handled things a lot better, but... Again, she's she's a child herself. <laughs> she needs therapy almost as much as Norman. Oh, absolutely. Yes, totally. Norman vomiting after his mother admits to him that she genuinely likes Nomero equals my reaction every time I have to see another sex scene between her and Romero. Can't, can't relate there, but <laughs> nope. Because <laughs> I think they're cute, but we all know that. Okay, all along the way throughout the show, there have been these exciting little moments which in, inexorably, inexorably lead us closer and closer to the world we were introduced to in the original cycle. And tonight we got another one in the form of that infamous iconic peephole that an older Norman Bates will one day spy upon Marion Crane through. I wonder how long do you think Norman watched Norman Romero having sex? <laughs> <laughs> Did he make it to their climax? <laughs> I don't want to think about it. <laughs> um, before not being able to see any more from crying or vomiting again. <laughs> I really, really, really want to think that he didn't watch much more. <laughs> me too, but part of me thinks he did. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's so inappropriate. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, abs yeah. It. And I did not spend any mental time wondering how long he watched them. <laughs> no, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> like, how long he stood there. <laughs> oh, boy. But I don't know. He... 
I don't know. It could have been the whole time. It is definitely possible. If so, ew. <laughs> when you see your mom just, having sex, you run. I would just not stand there and watch anybody. No, well, that's the thing. Let alone my mother. <laughs> you know, I mean. That's totally the thing, really. I mean, you know? there is the mother aspect, but it's anybody. Anybody. That just feels so wrong. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just nope. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how it should be. We are we live in a society where you don't do that. Oh, if you do, you, you go get to put jail. Away. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Ah, so the DEA aren't as dumb as they seemed and are actually after Romero. Obviously, all the <clears throat> obviously all they'll get are the pieces left after Norman's done with him, but it does help remind us that Romero has always been a shady dude. <laughs> sure, you can excuse most of his extrajudicial killings and even sympathize with his complicated position as the former peacekeeper between two rival drug families, but let's not forget that he also presided over who knows how many incidents where people in town were punished eye for an eye style, such as being hung up and burned in public. Remember that when you talk about how sweet he is. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a good reminder of that. That seems like such a weird thing now. It seems almost not I know. White Pine Bay anymore. That was such a very strange thing to witness that you would expect to see more of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they literally, like, strung a guy up in, like, the town center and burned him. I know. <laughs> That's I know. like some medieval crap there. Yep. And it was really weird, and so you would just expect to get more of that story. So it's almost like they shush their, the show and the writers are kind of shushing that it was that weird that they introduced that. I don't know. And I think of Shelby more, but I guess that's just yeah. me. Romero was the sheriff. Romero. He was yeah. the sheriff. I don't know. Maybe that just went away when the drug war went away. You know, the... Yeah, absolutely. But it is weird. I mean, that's that's a really weird thing. It is weird. But when I think of White Pine Bay and Romero being the sheriff, I think of him less as a instigator of it all and more of a someone's got to be in charge here and handle everything. Right. It's not it, it feels they play it almost like it's not his idea. It's more like He's there to like, you know, he's not a Nick Ford type. He's more, someone has to be in charge and it's me. And so I'm just going to make sure that everyone doesn't die. <laughs> you know, right, right. He's not taking cuts. He's not being involved in it on that level. He's more just trying to keep the peace as much as he can. Yeah. Maybe I'm making excuses for him, but that's the vibe I get. And that's the vibe I've always gotten. Well, and he also, you know, in those early seasons when there were, like, Nick Ford and stuff, it's it's not like he was friendly with him. He was still, 
pretty stern about stuff, you know. Right. And he, you know, he wasn't taking cuts and he wasn't in charge. Right. Of any of it. He was just almost like a referee. So I think besides the actual killings we saw, you know, Marcus Young, stuff like that, he seems to be more just kind of background and all that stuff. Yeah, and like this is a corrupt town and like you said, I just want to keep as much peace as I can, you know. Yeah, he's not played as the sheriff in charge of a corrupt town. He's That's not the way they play it, you know. If I see that, I think of more like someone that's taking a lot of cuts and stuff like that. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Like a Bob Paris. Right. I think of like Gene Hackman and the Unforgiven or something. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> but anyway, so yes, I will totally admit he's shady, but I always thought he was an idiot for going to the DEA. I'm like, how is this going to make you look, Romero? Yeah. Remember that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I yep. I was all about that a few seasons ago. This doesn't make you look good. <laughs> 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 I am surprised though that they are after him. That was a surprise. When they pulled Rebecca aside and Yeah. Now was that the same woman? Yeah. Okay. And you know, we should we did get hints last season cuz she kind of said a few things to him and he's like, "Meh." Yeah. So it sounds like they're really hanging in the background and they're going to really trying to gather as much info as they can on him before they spring on him. Well, I wonder if it's just bugged her so much that their raid on Bob Paris's house didn't go as planned, like he was gone. I wonder if that's yeah. just like been bugging her so much. And yeah, she just cause feels like Romero was in on, you know. He did go to them twice. Yeah. You know? And that's got to do something for him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it... And they just accused him of turning a blind eye. Mm-hmm. I, I'd imagine that would get you jail time, but... I don't know about jail time. I think it would get oh, really? you... Fired? Yeah, I mean... Well, maybe jail time... I always just compare it to that West Valley police chief hmm. a couple of years ago when they found out all those cops were, like, corrupt and right. carrying around, like, pounds of marijuana in their trunks and stuff. And, and he knew about it. He turned a blind eye. He right. wasn't part of it, but, you know, they're like, there's no way. He didn't know this was happening. As far as I know, he didn't get any jail time. He just got fired. Forced to resign. Forced to resign type thing, yeah. But I don't think he got... Because I, I think you have to prove that you're, like, part of it. Yeah. That would make sense. And as far as we know, they don't know about Bob. Yeah. Because he's the one that turned him in. You know, it's, it'd yeah. be weird for them to think that he tipped him off. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I know. But I think Daniel's right. I feel like it could all 
fall down around him, but it'll be too late. Norman will already have gotten his revenge. I mean, he's not gonna... The, the end of Romero would never be... In prison with his dad. Yeah, Yeah. no way. (laughs) No, it's death. Yippee, yep. Okay. Uh, My ears couldn't help but perk up when the repairman mentioned that there was a crack in the firebox, which could have gassed the whole house. If it was turned on and Norman was right there listening. Okay, sorry. Which could have gassed the whole house if it was turned on, and Norman was right there listening. Is this foreshadowing of the way the show will handle Norman killing Romero, and possibly even Norma, filling the house with gas and suffocating them? Please let their deaths be separate. Romero doesn't deserve to die a lover's death with Norma. (laughs) I feel exactly the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) But until Daniel said that, I did not... I mean, I caught the conversation, but I did not think to myself that that would be an interesting mm-hmm. way kind of like poison enough like poison. it would be a poisoning of some sort yeah although when it comes to like a gas like in a house i think more of like a spark igniting and blowing it up and blowing it up right because you smell it right Not right suffocating i think that'd be more like carbon dioxide carbon dioxide yeah although yeah it is an old furnace so I think the gas he's talking about, though, is, it's got to be propane, right? What you would smell? Or could it be carbon? I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah. Gas, like natural gas? Yeah, yeah, like natural gas. Yeah, which when you have gas leaks, I think that's when your house blows up. Right. I don't think of it killing everyone in their beds or whatever. But maybe, I don't know. But very interesting, and I I like that idea. Well, I I think it'll play in a future episode because I I don't think they would have had that conversation. Oh yeah, uh, totally. I mean, it's foreshadowing. I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. I didn't think of it myself. Good job, Daniel. Yeah. And then the second time I watched it, I noticed that the guy had like put caution tape around it and oh I didn't even notice that he like locked it with a like a red tag thing yeah the money's not in there still right no he took it out and gave it to Norma okay I don't know what she did with it from there but I doubt they put it back in there probably not anyway okay please die a lover's death with Norma Sorry, Daniel. Um, Finally, Norman's outburst to Norma at the dinner table rang completely true. Think about how she spent his entire life forming this intimate bond with him, pushing out everyone else, doing her utmost to hide that there even was anything anything wrong with him, even from himself, and effectually taking away any chance for him to grow up to become, pun intended, a normal person with his own life. And now, all of a sudden, she thinks she's found someone else she wants to share her life with and expects Norman to just forget all that and make room. Norma is being a hypocrite here, because that's not the world she raised Norman in. 
nor who she taught him to be. So really, how can you blame him for feeling like his whole world is falling apart and not knowing how to deal with it? Just because she has grown as a character and wants to enter a new phase of her life doesn't mean that she can so easily refuse to take responsibility for the life she already created. I absolutely 100% agree. I mm-hmm. I couldn't I... believe she she had an outburst like that. I was so super surprised. I I thought Norman deserved her compassion and stuff, not yeah. deal with it. No, I agree. I agree. He made so much sense in that little speech. Yeah, it's really sad. But like I said, she's she's a child too, and she's just lashing back. And she wants her normal life now that she's grown into. I mean, it's only been a couple weeks. but But she's had a lot of growth, and she's had a taste for a normal life with uh, someone that treats her well, and... Yeah, she she totally used him. I don't know if hypocrite is the correct word though that Norman used. It it's just not fair. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I get the vibe most to me, most of her problems with him having girlfriends and stuff, I'm not gonna deny that part of it was jealousy, absolutely. But I think a big part of it was worrying about him and the way he gets. Because she's known he gets weird that way for a long time now. Right. And I feel like she's kept him close to her to protect him and to keep him from blacking out and things like that. And odd behavior. That's true. That's true. Some of it was definitely jealousy, but I think you're right, you know. I think she was already worried about the safety of the girls and mm-hmm. and to himself. Ever since at least season one. Right. She has a shusher, but she also knows she's also not entirely stupid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she sure hated Bradley from the beginning, and that was before... Norman showed any kind of weirdness. I mean, he had killed his father, yeah, but that was before, like, the Blair Watson stuff. Yeah, but, again, watching the pilot through... What was that? Oh, The Vault. The Vault. Watching the pilot through The Vault's eyes, she was really protecting the fact that they were starting this life together. Do you remember when he came home from school with like wanting to run track or something mm-hmm. and she gave him that big guilt trip? Mm-hmm. I just look at that so differently now and not necessarily through the vault size, but just knowing Norma better. I think there was some sort of jealousy, but it wasn't all just kind of that uh, guilt trip mom thing. It, she really was disappointed and she really does need his help and I don't know it's complicated it is <laughs> it is it is but I still his little speech a lot of it did ring true oh ab- absolutely you know and he needed her understanding there and 
her acknowledgement that, yeah, she did do that, but they both need a little therapy to, <laughs> to me. Yes. I mean, the healthy thing to do would be to continue on her path and for Norman to continue with therapy. And yeah, but it's her doing it. It is totally her fault. But Norman is not just a typical kid. She didn't do that to just a typical child. Right. with major issues. No, it's, it's great. I mean, when he was talking to her, I was like, go Norman. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And then he just, he signs off with something should never change. Daniel in the dream lover room. Then he's got, he sent a second quick one. Do you want to just read that since we're on Daniel? He says, sorry, one more thing. It occurred to me. A little later, that the way Norma and Romero are talking about telling Norman the truth about their feelings for each other, like, have you told him yet? No, I will. Norma, you gotta tell him. I will when the time is right. No one's gonna push me to do it before I'm ready. You gotta make your choice, etc. The way that was all phrased and played out was like a married person having an affair on the side whose lover is pressuring them to tell their spouse already, worrying about when they are gonna tell them, etc. It wasn't at all played like telling an adult son that Mama's married to a new man. Just thought it was interesting on Norma's part. Daniel. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that whole... Just... Just tell him. I mean, it's <laughs> it's not like you're telling your husband that you're having an affair. It's your kid. Right. You know, I'm married and I love him. Sorry. And, you know. <laughs> you know, you can... I think it's perfectly fine to be hesitant and stuff about telling your teenage son that you up and got married and that you love that person. It wasn't just for the insurance. Because it's a big deal. I mean, mom having a new relationship is a big deal for any kid. But, um, yeah, the way it was played was definitely more affair stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. The whole thing. And and I did read an article about Carrie Aaron and um, and Freddie Highmore talking about writing this episode. And it made me realize how much um, Freddie Highmore looks at it that way. Oh, does he? Yeah, he and Carrie actually don't see eye to eye on a few things. And he's a little more in the Daniel camp. And I'd say Carrie Aaron's a little more in the Fear of Farmiga camp, the way they look at the characters. Oh, interesting. It's interesting. So it makes perfect sense that Freddie Harmore wrote this when you look at it that way. He wrote this episode, because he did. He wrote them as, like, lovers. Ex-lovers and things. Because I think that's exactly the way he... He views it. And he views Norman's um, <laughs> viewpoint. Interesting. Yeah, I'll read that. I saw that someone posted that on the Yes Mother Facebook. Yeah, I think it was Daniel. I caught it on Twitter. I wasn't going to read it before we podcast, but um, 
I thought it might help with insights on the show, and maybe it will. Maybe. I didn't. That's why I didn't read it. I was like, oh, I'll read these after we record. Yeah, and that's what I did with the Carrie Aaron one from last episode, and I kind of regretted not. Oh, okay. Because I think, to me, knowing knowing the show writers and the producers' views mm-hmm. is a fine addition to the podcast. <laughs> I can still separate my own thoughts, but... Right. No, it's not like... It's... I think it's a... I think it's a good addition, not a... Now we're stealing all our material. Or thoughts. Right, right. Gotcha. It's actual stuff we can say. Right. Well, they look at it this way and we can talk about it so I've changed my mind about that stuff at least gotcha that makes sense hmm. well thanks I Daniel studied it a little more because I'm not sure I got more out of it than just what I just said maybe we'll see <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks Daniel <laughs> um, as I told him on Twitter I think he needs to let go of Norma and Norman and embrace Norman and head Norma. Because I feel like that's the way. I've always felt that way. Mm-hmm. That that's the way it's going to go is he's going to start getting attached to head Norma. And she's going to fill the void that Norma. And it's even more so than it, I think it was the end of last season I came up with this. It's even more so now. I think you're. Yeah. That regular Norma is going to start becoming this stranger, and head Norma is going to be fill that void. And yeah. Then trouble is going to ensue. Because <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, the real Norma is going to be an interloper. And then after he kills her, they'll probably mesh. Ooh, that's good. Mm. Head Norma and stuffed Norma are going to mesh into the same thing. And he won't be able to tell the difference. That's creepy. That is creepy. Do you think we'll see it? I kind of hope so, but I don't want to. I do too. You know, part of me really wants to, and part of me really doesn't. (laughs) I feel the same way. I'm like, it'll haunt me for the rest of my life, but I got to see it. (laughs) I know, exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's going to haunt me so bad. (laughs) Holy crap. I know. If they don't, it'll, it'll be disappointing. I'm going to say it right now. Yeah. It'll be disappointing. Huh. Yeah, I would say if they don't, it's got to be, like, something that, like, the A&E executives, like, put their foot down on or something. Yeah. You know? And I can see them doing it. She's such a beloved character. It's really going to be freaky. Mm-hmm. It's really going to be tough. But for some reason, after this episode, I'm feeling a little better about all of it. And I'm like, yeah, do it. Kill him. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I'm kind of... <laughs> there was something about Romero getting um, suspect- suspected by the DEA that I'm just kind of like, oh, well, you're just going to have to die because you don't want to go to jail. <laughs> Norman, do your thing. <laughs> I'm crawling out of my Normero rabbit hole. We'll always we have such good material. Mm-hmm. I'll always have that, and I'm so glad we got to where we got. But now I'm okay to move on. 
And I wasn't okay a couple episodes ago. A couple episodes ago, I was like, no, this forever. <laughs> now I'm kind of excited to see the story progress. I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens. I, yeah, I'm, I'm good with whatever they do. I still don't think it's going to happen this season, but. Yeah. But I think it'd be really fun if it's most of next season. Mm-hmm. Really fun. But yeah, I agree. I don't know how much they're gonna allow. Cause it's 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 really grisly. <laughs> I mean, really, really <laughs> morbid it's and grisly. really morbid and disturbing and yeah, yeah. But I think they'll do it. <laughs> they wouldn't have had him so into taxidermy, right? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think so. Cuz Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I know. <laughs> uh okay. Moving on. Our next comic card is from Harold, and he says, This was a very tense episode with so many characters teetering and could go in different directions. Plus, after I returned from a short visit out of town, I found out that the wall of my room has been damaged. (laughs) (laughs) Shh, don't worry about it. The most interesting character was Norma, who was on the brink all episode. Would she blow up everything that she has built up with Romero this season and revert to her old self? I'm glad that she didn't. And even said the word love at the dinner scene. Unfortunately, saying that word may have doomed her and Romero. True. Yeah, I was really proud of, you know, I, she disappointed me and she made me super proud. I, mm-hmm. I really thought she would totally bow to Norman and cut Romero out. Yep. I was really worried, but I thought that this would serve the story and where I want it to go better. And they're doing it, and I'm excited. Yep, they are. I really think it's going to go the way I think it will. I think it is, too. Hmm. Sorry, Daniel. Sorry. Harold says, also, I've been thinking that it would be so easy for the show to go over the top and get campy at this point. But it is a credit to the writers and actors that they have it. Freddie Highmore has done an excellent job of keeping us off balance. He is not just a psycho, but he is doing great playing a person with mental health issues who is struggling with difficult emotional issues. I love the little scene between Norman and Emma. Even still, after that scene at the dinner table and then with the axe, don't you think it is time for someone to call Dr. Edwards? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think it served them too bad. <laughs> page him (laughs) (laughs) Um, he says that was a great origin of the people into room one though it might be time for me to move into (laughs) B&B I gotta say Harold the whole hotel wouldn't be the same without you (laughs) yep you knew what you were getting into with room one (laughs) you requested room one (laughs) I believe (laughs) oh 
He says, I'm not sure if I said it here or just to myself, but several episodes ago when the DEA agent called Romero to ask if he knew Rebecca, I figured that they knew about their connection and that the call was a fishing expedition to see what Romero would say as much as anything. Now it looks like it was. The lying to a federal agent is a crime, so Romero has to wor- has that to worry about. Even more so, I'm sure Rebecca will turn on him, or more likely for a TV show, wear a wire. I think you said it in your feedback. You said it in your feedback, and I think I it or poo pooed it. I think I you did. No. Yeah. Yeah. So way to go. Yep. Um, you totally, yeah, you totally said in your feedback. And I was like, no, I don't think so. Yeah, and, and I, I think Rebecca... You're right. I think there's definitely going to be a wire in the future. I don't know. Yeah, really interesting. Um, I didn't expect her to be together enough to actually leave, and she was. So I did not call this at all. I did not expect Mm-mm. it to go the way that she's probably going to sing. And I, I thought she'd do it out of spite, but it looks like they're going to tie her hands. Yeah. I thought she was going to go, but come back. Uh, like, yeah. Or I, I think I did say in the last one, maybe the DEA will prevent her from leaving. And they did. Yeah. yeah. Um, he says, how is this far away to tie things up? Rebecca goes to the house to try to get Romero to say something incriminating, meets Norman in his mother persona, gets sliced up. (laughs) The DEA go rushing in just as Chick shows up to harass Norma and Chick gets arrested for the murder. Plus they find the body of mommy Dakota and pin that on him too. All neat and tidy, huh? Probably wishful thinking. I don't want any of the characters to die. (laughs) (laughs) Again, normally I would go, no way, but... I know. I don't Harold, want... you got a little cred, so... I know. I don't want my chick to go down no. for all this. She doesn't want chick. <laughs> chick doesn't deserve that. Let Caleb go down for it all. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. It, yeah. Substitute Caleb for chick, and you've, you've got a plan. <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> Um, he says, I give this 9 out of 10 wax with Lizzie Borden's, I mean Norman's axe. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Harold. Thank you, Harold. All right, we got some audio feedback from Matt. Get my volume on. He calls it feedback, yo. <laughs> <laughs> The heater at the house conveniently doesn't work, so Norman just has to crawl into bed with his mother. Of course he does. God, he was just a little bastard this episode, wasn't he? Oh, man. Watching your your mother and your new stepfather have sex? Ooh. No, no, don't do that. Do not do that. That is wrong. Also, threatening... Romero with a axis, not a good Norman. Uh, I don't think your doctor would approve of that. Also, Romero would kick your ass, I'm pretty sure. Your skinny little freak ass. Uh, did, um, <laughs> did Norma buy used space heaters from like a thrift store or something? Because 
I bought a space heater recently. It came in a box. <laughs> um, I continue to think that Dylan and Emma are very cute. I really, really hope that they make it through the season without being murdered. But, uh, you know, we'll see. They're going to they're gonna pay Norman another visit before they head out of town. Ooh, bad idea. <laughs> bad idea. Emma hoped that it wouldn't be weird when she saw Norman... It's not weird. Emma, read the hashtag. It's not weird. I do not care at all about this embezzler lady whose name I don't even know. Do not care. It's not why Rachel. Are we spending time on this. You know what I think about that plot? I think. I think. That's <laughs> I just diminished that plot line. But good job, Freddie Highmore. That was a good episode. Well written. Lots of great lines. Lots of great scenes. Uh, this, this season's been great. I'm going to be sad that it ends soon. All right, uh, take care. Yes, Mudda Podcast. That jingling noise that you heard was my dog shaking his harness, and the, his dog tags were just uh, jingling. It wasn't jingle bells. I wasn't going to uh, buy a Christmas tree in May. All right, bye. <laughs> I thought he might be at a restaurant, and it was silverware tinkling. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Matt. Yes. Thank you, Matt. Do you think Dylan's gonna get the X? <sighs> it's it's possible he comes and talks about Mama Dakota. Yeah. And maybe um, Norman's alone, and maybe Mother comes out and has to protect. Yeah, I can see. I can see Dylan just not letting it go and conf- asking Norman about it. I really do see that happening. Yeah, I do too, because there was just such a vibe of like, you know what? I can't My family's toxic, and I just... Yeah. I, I just want to get away from them. And so it's kind of like... Yeah. That was my finger going across my throat. Yeah. And just Dylan looking at that... At that stuffed rabbit, Dylan just can't shush it. Even though mm-hmm. Emma yeah. gave a perfectly reasonable explanation as to why her phone might be disconnected and why, you know. Yep. Dylan, just I just go, don't dude. think Dylan's going to let it go. I think him seeing that stuffed rabbit just, it's just going to bug him. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's just going to be Dylan, though. I yeah. don't see both of them getting killed, and that, um, I don't know how that's going to work out, because... I don't know either. I mean, Emma... How could they just let it go? I found it interesting that one of the lines that Emma said to Norman when they were up in his room talking was, you know, we'll be good friends no matter what. And I was just yes. like... He killed your mom, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I totally thought of that. <laughs> you know, like, is that a reason to not be his friend? So, I don't know. I think something's going to go down and it's going to be ugly. Yeah, I totally see it and I see it just being Dylan. But I don't know how they'd work out the Emma and Daddy to Cody thing. They moved to Seattle and we never see him again. Yeah. You know. I see that, but that'd be weird to just leave. It would be. Without Dylan. Does she find out he's killed? 
do they like leave a note just like Norman write a note pretending he's Dylan saying <laughs> I can't go and then until she just leaves I don't know <laughs> I don't know so much could happen I mean the show just it is so hard to predict it's so hard to predict we have failed <laughs> 99% of the time in predicting the show <laughs> <laughs> and we watch it and we take notes and we you know yeah, we really think about it uh-huh they just go somewhere so brilliant that this is above me yeah so I don't know or mama Dakota is just gonna show up and be like well, what are you guys also concerned about I you know yeah, he strangled me and put me in a freezer, but I got out. I got out. <laughs> Not the first bus, and <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe they'll just tease us with him going back and then decides to just go. Maybe. And he moves to Seattle and just receives some calls to... From Norman and Head Norma. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe there's only two left. Mm. I know. It makes me sad. Oh, me too. But I really am getting excited to see how it ends. I know. To, me too. It's to, like I want to see how it ends. Hate. <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Laura? Uh, she says, Hey, Em and Sue, hope you're both well. Another crazy week for me. Between working, oversleeping, and planning for London at the weekend. That sounds fun. I've just managed to watch the new episode. My mother is still two weeks behind, and I think she knows by now that I've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> she knows I have no willpower. <laughs> she seems really against my suggestion to watch it through my TV upstairs. Clearly, she isn't as comfortable sharing a bed with me as Norman and Norma are. Anyway, <laughs> I made a few notes on this week's fantastic episode. Well done, Freddie Highmore. Norman's hat with the little bobble at the end made me giggle. <laughs> uh, Norman's really perfected his jealous husband routine. Arms crossed, scowl on his face, petulant tone. Oh, you've become a Spaghetti Western fan. <laughs> Could Norma look any less thrilled? When Norman skulked in and suggested sleeping in the same bed? Yeah, see? That's how I felt. <laughs> she seemed very unthrilled. <laughs> Says, oh, what a difference a season makes. I kept picturing Norma pouting and saying, just for tonight, I'm so sad. <laughs> because I'm so sad. I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> and then snuggling with Norman. It's crazy how quickly their relationship has disintegrated. Norman's content sigh when she sees... That Romero was calling her, well, that just melted my heart. Which was followed by a high hunt, which proceeded to give me all the feels. <laughs> <laughs> you made my room into a sewing room? Well, it's better than moving an exercise equipment like Bradley's mum. <laughs> Another reference. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Norman's plate looked pretty empty at breakfast. When Romero shared a bed with Norma, she made him a hell of a lot of food. <laughs> I noticed too he had such a small little like one little piece of bacon and just a little tiny pile of eggs <laughs> Norman's not quite as big and tallish nope 
He's kind of little and scrawny-ish. No, Norma and Norman, don't laugh about I'm all fixed now. It's too soon and a painful reminder that things aren't going to end well. Also, I was half expecting Norman to open his mouth to show Norma that he had swallowed his medication. (laughs) So did I. (laughs) See, I read it as him being extremely... uh, I thought he was being super sarcastic. And I was surprised that she laughed, and I think her laughing made him kind of, okay, haha. Oh, I totally thought it was joking. Like, they're, they're little jokes, so you're so funny. Yeah, I thought he was being a little petulant and was like, there, I'm all fixed now. But she happened to take it funny. And so he's like, all right, I guess we'll go with that. <laughs> That's the way I thought. <laughs> Could be wrong. Um, that whole scene in Romero's office was perfect from Norman's tell the sheriff his wife's son is here to see him (laughs) to Romero attempting to sweetly ease Norman's fears to their fantastic exchange when Norman basically accused Romero of taking advantage of his mother at a delicate and vulnerable time it was so tense and to see these two actors volleying control from one another was such a treat I loved it yeah. yeah, he is a master of, like, passive-aggressive threats. <laughs> no doubt. Just... I... Do you really think he thinks Romero was taking advantage of Norma? Or is that just... Um... No. That's just the angle he's taking to... Yeah, I think he's just being a jerk. Yeah. It's possible, I guess. Yeah, it was interesting. I'll have to think about that. It was an interesting angle that he took. I wasn't expecting that, that he was going to accused Romero of taking advantage of Norma. Yeah, I just read it as pure passive aggressiveness. Yeah. Because I think you could read it that way. And be accurate. I'm not sure that is the way it was meant to be, but... Right. I think it's a possibility that he was just... um, saying that stuff to be passive-aggressive, to be like, huh, look, look how you can read what you were doing, and I'm going to say that's what you're doing. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. I think deep inside, Norman gets it, but he doesn't want to. And so this is a is a good way to throw Romero off balance. Right. Because that felt like what he was doing. He was trying to throw him off balance and giving veiled threats. Yeah, by being so sweet and, you know, we are so grateful. You're That was wonderful what you did, and now you can get a divorce. <laughs> yeah, with my mom. And, it, you know, you came in with my mom in such a vulnerable time. <laughs> yeah. Total passive-aggressive. And then... Threatens to expose him for fraud. <laughs> yeah, he basically said, you know, instead of saying that that's how he really thought, 
saying, okay, so you need to get a divorce or I will expose you for marriage fraud, which I don't think that would fly. Do you? Insurance fraud. Insurance fraud, because he could say that, but they are actually in love. Right. And having a, you know, marriage with sex, it's not a sham marriage. And so I've, I don't know, I feel like, you know, he can be accused of it, but if it was um, checked into, it would fly as a real marriage. Oh, I think so, yeah. No, I don't was... think you can be in trouble for actually being in love and getting married when it is convenient to have the insurance, as long as you have an actual love-filled marriage. Right. I guess I don't know the world about it, but. I did see that movie Green Card. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> I never did see it. It's, it is actually what I think of. They did. It was to get his green card. Right. They got married. And after being married for a few months, they eventually fell in love. But he was suspected as having to be a sham marriage. And he did get taken away. And they were all sad. And it was like a sad goodbye they had because they really were in love by that point but they just didn't believe them I don't know irrelevant but yeah <laughs> I just don't know I no, I, I don't think anyone would be able to prove that it's a sham marriage because it, it's not you know it the idea was to get married for the insurance but they are in love and and he was super in love before they got married, even. Right. I, I don't know. I just don't think it would hold water to where they'd actually get in trouble. I don't think so. No, that was just Norman just trying to unnerve Romero and just be a little... <laughs> Basically cock-blocking again. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> or being a, what was it, manipulative pussy a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Norma, I think, judging by the expression on Dylan's face when you told him Norman was home, plus the look Romero gave you last episode, plus Dr. Edward's warning and fearful look, whilst you were leaving Pineview, and the fact that you're sneaking phone calls to your boyfriend just shows how much of a bad idea this is. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> I think... Again, I said this last week, I think she knows that it's a bad idea, but she's just not quite willing to do the extreme measures it takes to keep him in Pineview. I yeah. think if the measures weren't so extreme, he'd still be in there. I agree. She yeah. knows it's a bad idea. Um, no, don't fight with each other, Normero. Keep those fingers interlocked and stare into each other's beautiful eyes. It didn't last long. Nope. Um, was that the most tense scene whilst Jingle Bell Rock played in the background? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Norman, I agree. You didn't jump out from behind a bunch of trees to scare your mother, but you were standing creepily behind a bunch of trees to scare your mother and everyone else. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he may not have jumped, but he was creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the creeper Norman I was hoping would be <laughs> the next few episodes. Just like... Always there watching. Yes. 
says, God, I could have watched Norman and Norma throwing at each other all episode. <laughs> Anyone can do that. <laughs> I just diminished what you said. I was expecting Norman to throw one back at her and for then for us to have a 10 second scene of them just hissing at each other. Oh, that would have been amazing. <laughs> that reminds me of what we do in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene in an alley where they're just like circling each other, hissing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the little so psst was, oh, so oh, fantastic, so amazing. Um, Freddie wrote some fantastic and hilarious dialogue. His "and go have a glass of cider and a candy cane and fa la la la" was perfectly written. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I bet soul bait shippers loved that Norman threw up as soon as Norman told him she liked Romero. Also, how are you coping after a 16? Very well, thank you. <laughs> I thought I was, of you. As soon I was as asked I that a couple times on Twitter. <laughs> I think one of them was Julia, and I um, told her I didn't see a thing of it because my puke dar is first rate. <laughs> You knew it was coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw it coming a mile away. I didn't see a drop. I was wondering, though, was it like, it seemed like it would be like a projectile, <laughs> was it? No. No. I, not projectile, I but it, it was a lot. It, I mean, they didn't show it. Oh, really? No, he bent out of camera. You heard it, but you didn't see it. Huh. Well, I heard it. Yeah, so. You don't see any puke at all? Uh-uh. Oh, okay, I'll watch it next time. Yeah. Okay. I spotted a continuity error earlier this season. Romero explained that I'm not magical when Norma was expecting miracles out of him. Cut to this episode and he announces that not only is he magical, but he is a unicorn. <laughs> I need a gif of Romero's head on a prancing around my little pony. <laughs> Flora, Flora, that's Flora's job. Flora, get on it. <laughs> a continuity error. <laughs> Not magical. <laughs> I'm a unicorn. <laughs> I'm so pleased that the magical Romero came back. I never <laughs> ever expected that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I wonder if Freddie Highmore just loved that line as much as we did and we had to add it. <laughs> oh, that was such a cute little interchange between them. It was. Um, yay for Normarrow stripping. Boo for Norman creepily peering at them <laughs> through the wall. That's a mood killer for sure. <laughs> the Freddy, the crying from Freddy was so well done. I felt sorry for him until I reminded myself that he most likely stayed there the whole time and watched the two of them in bed. Erg. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I kind of think he did. <laughs> Yucky. Um, oh, oh, someone mentioned the furnace. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to play a role. It is. Uh, the dinner scene was fantastic and awkward. Norman's aggressive chewing, Romero being a good guy, hypothetical boat sinking questions. <laughs> <laughs> I adored when Romero suggested that they jump ship and leave Norma behind. <laughs> God, I love that line. 
the cute ways that he makes her laugh. I love it. It reminds me of like mine and Rob's relationship because Rob would totally makes me laugh. He lives to make me laugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I like that. Me too. Norma needs more of that. She does. She does. Just taking a tense scene and making her laugh was great to me. Um, <clears throat> a line I didn't enjoy was, let me talk to him. No, Romero, finish your dinner. <laughs> Chet. <laughs> it was a Chet move. <laughs> Don't do it, Chet. <laughs> no, but I... We discussed it earlier. I think... His reasons for doing it were sound, and he doesn't mm-hmm. have all the info, and you're right, he's a sheriff, and he's he's been in domestic abuse situations, I'm sure, oh, yeah. many times over, oh, and knows yeah. how to handle them. And that's exactly, you know, what was happening. Plus, he's, you know, stepdaddy now. <laughs> he's going to stand by his lady. Yeah. Says, okay, well, Norman is wielding an axe around. Yes, that doesn't make anybody comfortable. Yes. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> it's Norman, though, not Mother. Yeah. Which is why Romero is standing still. Uh, Romero should stand back, slowly back away, and shout your words from the flower bed. Stop getting so close to the axe. It's not your time to go. <laughs> <laughs> Sheriff training. <laughs> Um, I think it's obvious from the get-go that Norman shouldn't be home now. It's, what, day two, and he's already attacking something with a heavy weapon? Time for Romero to move back in. Yay! (laughs) I can't believe we are almost at the end once again. How is that possible? We don't know. Shh. Shush. (laughs) Until next time. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Laura. Um... Our next one, comic card, is from Kim. And she says, Hi, Sue and M. Where to begin? I was thinking that after the axe attack, Romero should have got a tranquilizer gun and shot Norman and brought him back to Pineview, just like an animal that escapes from the zoo. (laughs) (laughs) Just leave him on the doorstep. Here you go. (laughs) You you can have him back. (laughs) That totally gives me Buffy vibes. (laughs) Werewolf. Yes. <laughs> Tranquilizer guns. Um, I really don't know who is at fault for Norman's problems. Norma caused a lot of issues, but Norman isn't doing anything to help himself. I think the doctor, Doctor Edwards, should have had family therapy sessions with Norma and Norman, and Norma by herself. The doctor needed to see how they interact. Yeah, and I would guess that he's dying too. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, how can he not be? Yeah. I think he's probably about as fascinated at this point with Norma as he is with Norman. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope, I think next week we really need to see Dr. Edwards again. Because if you've seen him every three days, we saw two days this episode, right? We well, he's seen him days. three times a week. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure he's got to make a showing, especially after he, 
you know, attacked with the axe. I mean, that... Right, and Romero's like, I am not leaving you alone tonight. That, yeah, I mean, that's... You just don't shish that. <laughs> I, I hope next week starts... Continues with this night. I want to see more of that night. <laughs> Same. Mm-hmm. Um, Kim says, The show keeps surprising me. I love the whole Christmas tree escapade. I laughed when Norman got so upset that he threw up. And Norman stopping around the tree lot was funny, too. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> um, I'm nervous about Emma. I have a bad feeling that sleeping with Dylan won't turn out well. Her incision could have opened up, or even worse, she might not be able to breathe. That would make Emma's father mad and wouldn't be good for Dylan's relationship with him. I hope I'm wrong. Hmm. Yeah, that that is an interesting thought. That maybe Emma's dad finds out they slept together and kind of kicks Dylan out, and so they don't even know Dylan gets killed. Yeah, that could happen. I mean, because they... Maybe that's how he wants to make... That would not make it up to Emma's father. It's <laughs> <laughs> <His> finding <laughs> Sister Dakota. So, scratch that. Yeah, it... Yeah, they could easily have, like, fallen asleep after, and Will comes up to wake Emma up, and there's Dylan in her bed. Right, because the doctor said six weeks, and it's been, what, two? Two. Two it can't have been much more than two, because it was December 2nd she had her surgery, and it's not Christmas yet. Right. It's about the same two weeks that Dylan, or Norman, was in Pineview. Yeah. So. We're probably in the third week of her recovery, and man, that's such a major surgery, I'm... Yeah. She's doing movie okay. I think in real life, even a young girl like Emma would not be doing this well. No. No. I think no. She would be a lot more time. Where your entire rib cage has been opened. Right. (laughs) That decision was insane. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if, because I kept thinking during that scene, I was like, oh man, Will's going to show up at the door, you know. Uh-huh. He's going to wake up and catch him. I don't know. Because there was a little, you know, if you want to read into it, some foreshadowing. He's like, if you get hurt, I'm going to kill you or, you know. Yeah. Not I... that Dylan's going to kill Emma, but like. Get hurt. Get hurt. You're right. So. Uh. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I didn't see it. And I. Still, that doesn't seem quite right to me. But that's how it's going to go. But something probably. My. My bet would be they fall asleep in her bed. Yeah, that sounds a little more like it. Because she also Will said. freaks out. She also said that he. Her dad wanted to get a really early start in the morning, so, uh, you know, I bet you that's what happens. And, yeah, you know, and he'll just be mad that he put her life in danger by so soon after the surgery, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm a little finger-waggy about it. 
<laughs> right. But I'm a little more doctor's orders, I guess. <laughs> right. Same. <laughs> um, Kim says, thanks for the podcast, Kim, in the candy corn room. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Kim. All right. We got one from Iggy. This just came in an hour ago, like when we were podcasting, actually. <laughs> um, she says, I'm a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one, please continue to have sexy scenes between Normero. I love the vast differences we have. I make Daniel want to throw up. Everyone else is just like, yay. More, please. <laughs> <laughs> Two, she couldn't wait. Emma and Dylan sitting in a tree. Yep. Three, this whole dinner scene was epic. Every stepchild's first memory with their new stepdad. The I hate you, the emotions, the feeling of losing your parent, the boat story is all real and true. Minus, and that's a big minus, the axe wielding. <laughs> <laughs> I am a stepchild and can be complete and can completely understand Norman. The rage is real, and it was very well told in this episode. I'm surprised he didn't turn into Head Norma. My guess is because Head Norma didn't feel threatened with Romero because real Norma actually stood up for herself. Norman is losing his lifeline. He has to start growing up. It's super scary and will probably have Norman in full head Norma mode from this point on. I do believe Norman will be psycho Norman by season's end. Remember he did say he can fake it. For his first peephole. Aw, oh, the feels. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we're all so excited about the people. It's the people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm surprised he didn't turn into head Norma as well. But do you think part of that could be the medication? Yeah, I totally wonder. Hmm. But yeah, we're, I think everyone knows we're pretty pro people at the, uh, <laughs> Well, we had to delay the opening of the motel so that you could install the people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We've always been pro people, so it was really fun to see that one. <laughs> it's such a big part of psychos. It's got to be people. <laughs> Do you think there's going to get one in uh, Norma's bathroom? Oh, yeah. That's not, it's not canon for the original Psycho movie, but. Right, that's one. Psycho 2, right. I don't know. I don't know. They're not going to be in that hotel room for very long. They're gone now, although, actually. So he's going to. I think the walls are a little more solid than the house. The house, I'm. Sure, is plaster and not drywall. Yeah. So it's like concrete almost. Right. So I don't think. Days are over. Yeah. Hope you got a good look. Sounds like you did. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Um. Five. Romero is about to get in trouble, which may have him end up in jail, or he runs and wants to take Norma with him. Norma decides to go with Romero. Someone is going to die. 
I feel like he can talk. I don't know. I think he might be able to talk himself out of it. Well, yeah. Because what I are what are they accusing him of doing besides just turning a blind eye to things? Well, that's all she said. You know, so. I mean, yeah, he did kill Bob Paris, but. Uh, I mean, well, Rebecca, Rebecca has three million dollars. She is the criminal. <laughs> you know? True. Why are you going after Romero? I could totally see him turning on her. Totally. And getting her in trouble. Even though that would be her she thinking she can turn on him and him pulling some sort of like mental Batman Romero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's Batman. Yeah. Things might get a little tense, but... All in all, I think it'll I, blow over. Yeah, they just... I mean, I guess, like Harold said, lying to a federal agent is a crime, but... I don't know. He also turned in and had them solve a bunch of crimes. Yeah, exactly. It's like he already has his bargaining chip. <laughs> right, right. I don't know. I don't know how all that works, and what I do know is from TV, so... <laughs> Well, and you could it. also, you know, if they ask, if they find out about the affair and he's like, okay, yes, I lied to you, but I had just gotten married and I didn't want this to come out, you know, type. True, true. Give me a break, you know. So I lied that I had a fling with her. Doesn't mean I was in on the money laundering, you know. So, hmm. It'll be interesting. I'm excited. I'm nervous as hell, but excited. Yeah, I, it may boil down to uh, where did they put that money at this point? <laughs> yeah. Because if they find that money in his possession, it could be trouble. He has the passport, too. Because his first hiding place sucked. Yeah. But it's just money in a duffel bag. It's not $3 million. It's like, where does Rebecca have the $3 million? You can't just carry around $3 million. I don't know. She's a banker. She yeah. knows how to hide money. Yeah. Accounts and things. I don't know. Anyway. We can speculate it, all we be, want. We're going to be so wrong. I know. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> it easily could be found in a duffel bag and the passport. You know, we can't forget there's a passport with yeah. the money. True. And his crap hiding job. I thought putting it in that furnace just kills me. <laughs> I thought that was a terrible hiding place. Okay. Um, six. Everyone is in the lake. No one will find Emma's mom or Bradley. Only Dylan will know the truth. Maybe Emma's mom is in the lake. Why haven't I thought of that? Oh, yeah. I don't know how he'd wear down. Yeah. That's where Mama puts the bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Always has been. Yeah, That's but funny. 
Bradley's body's in like a lake in another county. Oh. Mama Pitt's body's in the swamp behind the house in the movie. Right. So. I don't know. Huh. Where's Audrey? <laughs> Who knows? Hopefully us by the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'm stuck in Indiana. Legata took the money from Rebecca. I told her to meet me back at the B&B on our last adventure. We followed Rebecca, and I decided to go to Indiana to track her mom down. Legata is in charge of investigating the DEA's case on Romero. See you in a couple days. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Your resident B&B guest, Diggy. Thank you. Well, that sounds like a fun little caper. Yes. Are you checking to see if she really is sick? Because <laughs> she's saying that a lot, and who knows? I had dinner with Legata last night. Oh, you did? It was Booker's birthday. Oh, where'd you guys go? We Booker likes a steakhouse in. We went to the Longhorn Steakhouse. Oh yeah, seen it. It was pretty good. Yep, he's nineteen. <laughs> That is weird. I know. Wild stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. And he wanted to spend his birthday with his mom and his aunt. <laughs> uh, of course he did. <laughs> and he still wants Star Wars. They go for his birthday, so I got him one. <laughs> <laughs> but we had dinner on Rebecca. <laughs> That's nice. Yep. Well, thanks for all the comic cards, everyone. Yeah, thanks, everybody. We'll uh, close up this podcast with a. You can you can leave feedback also at a yes mother podcast at gmail dot com. Yep. You can leave a review, too, on iTunes. We like those. Yep. Or just drop us a tweet on on Twitter. That's fun, too. Yeah, join the Facebook group. We have fun on there. We do have fun on there. We have a nice little community of watching the same shows and little discussion threads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We talk about a lot of stuff on that Facebook page, not just bait stuff. So. Yeah. It's fun. So, yeah. Join us for the recap episode. Vaya con Dios. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Whoa, your text went to my iPad. What? I thought only iMessages could do that. I got a new phone, and it's fancy. (laughs) Nice. Fancy phone. (laughs) By fancy, I mean an iPhone 5 instead of a 4. What are they on now? What's the new one? 6. Oh. But there were gigantic leaps between 4 and (laughs) 5. Well, there was 4, then there was 4S, and then there was 5. And the 4S was when Surrey hit. 
And Surrey oh. changed a lot of stuff. So I was like pre-Surrey phone. Gotcha. Anyway, now, like when my phone rings, it it vibrates on my Fitbit. <laughs> oh, wow. And I can look on it, and it'll like even say who it is. It doesn't ring, it just vibrates to alert me that my phone's ringing, which is neat. That's cool. I had no idea. The first time it happened, I was like, what the bat? <gasps> my Fitbit's ringing! <laughs> <laughs> it's the singularity! <laughs> Ah, <laughs> huh, Iggy just sent in feedback. Yeah, I just saw that pop in. Right on. <laughs> I'm a unicorn. <laughs> I can't believe the magical came back. I know. <laughs> and now it makes that stained glass window thing. <laughs> More funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Vera Formiga. During that little thing, like, tweeted him, stop poking me with your horn. <laughs> <laughs> no one really got it. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. It was a little foreshadowing. <laughs> yes. Day after day, I will. Downtown, and he got all my guns. Don't shoot, shoot, shoot that thing at me. Don't shoot, shoot, shoot that thing at me. You know you got my sympathy, but don't shoot, shoot, shoot that thing at me. Don't shoot, shoot, shoot that thing at me. Don't shoot, shoot, shoot that thing at me. You know you got my 
mix in with your affairs Share a smoke, make a joke Grasp and reach for a leg of hope Words to memorize, words hypnotize Words make my mouth exercise Words all fail the magic prize Nothing I can say when I'm in your thighs But oh my, 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 my mother I would love to love you, lover City's restless, it's ready to pounce Go in your bedroom, ounce for ounce And oh my, 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 my mother I would love to love you, love She's restless, it's ready to pounce Go here in your bedroom, ounce for ounce I've given you a decision to make Things to lose, things to take Just she's about ready to cut it up Wait a minute, honey, I'm gonna add it up Add it up Plus, listening to Burn the Witch oh, yeah? over and over. <laughs> That's the new Radiohead album? Yeah. Well, it's just one single. Oh, it's just a single. Yeah, I really was waiting. When that little bird started chirping, I really thought we were looking at a album release today, yesterday, but mm-hmm. it's just a single. Don't get me wrong. Well, Single's hey. good. A single means album in the future. Yes. And... And they're doing a bunch of tour dates this summer. There's no way they're not going to release the album first. It's coming soon. And one song can keep me amused for quite a while. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So I take it it's good. Yeah, it's really good. Nice. I saw a photo on Twitter or something that showed recording sessions like a year ago. And Mm -hmm. there was a full orchestra in there. And I was like, yes! (laughs) <laughs> Super exciting <laughs> Right on Oh and last night I watched uh, That movie special correspondence It's a new Ricky Gervais movie that he put out On Netflix Oh yeah Vera Farmiga's in it Oh is she mm-hmm. I didn't know that She plays his wife I've seen it because the last week or so When I've turned on Netflix it's like popped up like watch the trailer so I didn't know that the actual movie had been released yeah it was alright Eric Bana's in it yeah I was going to say it's Eric Bana too right yeah so I giggled quite a bit (laughs) (laughs) my husband's with Ricky (laughs) Gervais and Barry Farmigan yep Good times. It's not, sorry, Ricky Gervais, but it wasn't very well written. That was probably my biggest complaint. 
Did he write it? Yeah. Mm. It was fine. I liked where they went at the end. Mm-hmm. I'll watch it. Yeah. I'll watch it. I fell down the rabbit hole of uh, Orphan Black Season 2. Oh, you never did yeah. watch past one, did you? Mm-mm. I watched the first one or two episodes of two and then kind of shelved it. And then, I don't know, the other day I was like, I had a few hours where I was just going to be working on a quilt I'm making for the camper. Mm. You know, like a denim and flannel or right. denim and plaid. And uh, I was like, you know, I'll give season two of Orphan Black a try again. And man, I really liked season two. Two is really good. I heard a lot of crap about it, so I think that's why I shelved it. But oh, I liked two a lot. It was three that I had a snore fest trying to get through. <laughs> Oh, really? Sorry, Orphan Black fans. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I had heard complaints about two, that it was too much of the dyad stuff. and I think you're thinking of three. Am I thinking of three? Because oh. four just started, and that's the one that, yeah. Oh. No, two, one and two blew everyone away, and then... Oh. Okay. Because I, like, I was like, this is really good. <laughs> yeah. No, Why does everyone really hate it so much? Okay, so it's three. And right. I'm not, I didn't know everyone hated three. I know that what I did is I waited and binged it at the end because Xfinity saves it for a long mm-hmm. time. They don't, like, drop them off. They drop off some shows, but this show doesn't drop off, so it'll be on, like, for the whole summer or maybe even longer. Right. So... I'm really glad I binged it because I would never have made it through or kept interest for the whole time for season three. Mm. I only did it because I liked two so much. I'm like, I'm just going to wait. I can wait. And then I'll just watch it all. And then I was like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll so I'm doing that with four, too. I'm just not watching any of it till it is done. Well, I will watch three. See what see what it does for me. You may like it. Man, I love Helena. Oh, I know. She's the best. Allison's I miss the my best sister. Sister. <laughs> yeah, my sister. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> I love how she calls Felix her sister or brother. <laughs> oh, man. And when she, we should save this for what we've been watching, but oh, when Sarah is like trapped in that guy's apartment, in Rachel's apartment, and That guy is like tied her up in the bathroom, and then you can tell that someone is killing him. And man, Helena walks in, just in that wedding dress with all that blood. Yeah. And, oh, she's creepy. I was trying to remember what you're talking about, but yes. <laughs> oh, and just the music they play whenever, like in those scenes, and mm. they kind of speed up the film a little bit with Helena and make her walk kind of. Oh, I was like, oh, that's creepy. I like it. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the season where Allison has Donnie tied up and she like tortures him with the glue gun. <laughs> no, that's season one. Oh, is it? Uh huh. So she's figured out Donnie by the end of season one. She yeah she well she suspects it's Donnie and then doesn't she think it's Ainsley and that's why she lets Ainsley die? Yeah. 
And then we find out at the very end, like the very last scene, I think, of season one is Donnie getting in that car and we're like, oh, it is him. Right. <laughs> but she figures it out and it's season two is like when Allison goes to rehab and. The glitter. The glitter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And Donnie shoots Dr. Leakey. Yeah. Kind of a Marvin kind of shot. And the like, oops, the transgender <laughs> clone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought, I remember hearing crap about that. Like, people didn't like that there was, I don't uh-huh. know, they thought that was dumb. I thought it was okay. He was only in, like, one episode. It's like, how can that ruin a whole season? <laughs> oh, yeah, no way. I thought it was interesting. I found it so, just such a, especially adding the transgender, just such an yeah. amazing study on nature versus nurture. Totally. Just how different these clones are from each other, from the way they were Those, raised. If they're clones, they should all be exactly the same. Yeah. But they're all just vastly different from each other. Yeah, it's fascinating that way. Yeah. Anywho. Anyways, little uh. <laughs> or from Black Season Two. <laughs> a little spontaneous, what we've been watching. 